Hello and welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to non-fiction. I'm your comic book host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Kyler Houtsma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or adaptations made on the cheap, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. Mari McCabe? We just want to talk. She moves fast. Miss McCabe, stop! You think I want some crazy magic totem thing? I'm not going back to you! You are so not gonna believe this. Our very first external metahuman sighting. Check out that hotness. All I want to know is where it came from. Who's your family? That would be the $52 million question. Hand me the totem, or I will have one of these men kill you. I'm calling her Vixen. Vixen, the CW seed show. And yes, there will be spoilers. Season one only, even though... <laughs> even though it's shorter than a single episode <laughs> of any other show. <laughs> the entire season. Uh... Okay, so we'll go with first opinions. We'll start with Skyler since he didn't couldn't even finish it. No, it's thirty minutes long, Skyler. It is. <laughs> I got the gist after ten. Vixen's just kind of lame, both in part because half of the voices are decent and half of them are CW actors who should not be put anywhere near a microphone. And also because the show just really lacks any sort of character whatsoever other than being CW connective tissue, essentially. So, I mean, good for them for expanding their horizons and, you know, giving the spotlight to more of their heroes they're bringing into the fold. But I would hope it would be just a little more interesting than this. Popcorn Ben. I mostly agree. Um, I thought it was well made, well animated. Uh, it was a good looking movie. Had a good, <laughs> consistent frame rate, which <laughs> we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, there there were some some voice acting performances that were just not up to par. Um, especially the Flash. Who was that? It was supposed <laughs> to be the same dude who, like Grant Gustin or whoever. Yeah, but that was totally not Grant Gustin. Well, it probably was, but he's an actual actor. Yeah. Instead of a voice actor, and it's a completely different skill set. It has to be because he was. I don't like. They must have, like, told him to act and not have shown him what his character was going to be doing or something. Yeah. Because he just seemed like he was saying things in just wrong ways, <laughs> and they just sort of sped up the scenes. Here, Here's the script. Deliver these lines. Act like the Flash. Oh, oh, uh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I never before has it been more clear that the CW relies on the pretty factor. Yeah, kind of does. I mean, I still like Emily Bett Rickards still nailed her lines as Felicity. 
Sure. Um, and Amal didn't do a bad job. He's done voice acting before, I think, too. Uh, and, of course, the main characters I didn't have a problem with. Right. Masua and right. Um, Vixen. I had a big problem with the Flash. I had yeah. problems with the Arrow. Okay. Um, and Cisco a little bit. Cisco wasn't yeah. too bad. Mm-hmm. But um, ultimately, it's like a tendon. It's not going to be anyone's favorite organ, but it holds things together. But it's kind of like a shitty, un- unimportant tendon. Okay. <laughs> Like, you know, the Achilles or whatever. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed Vixen for what it was. Uh, it's 30 minutes long, so you really shouldn't expect much out of the entire series of just literally two to seven minute episodes. Um, so, And I have to ask, what is the explicit purpose of making the CW Seed season shows that are only 30 minutes long? They're animated. Um... And because it's not like you're putting them uh, like on the CW, they're not going, they're not being aired. They're only aired online, uh, and they're being aired online for free. It's not like you need a CW pass or anything like that. So you can literally go. And when we watched the entire season all at once, there was no commercial breaks or anything like that, where they stopped you and like advertised other CW shows. So that's why I'm wondering, like, is this just to pull more traffic to the Seed site? to say that we have this show, um, stay on our site, watch our special features, get more interested in our weekly shows, but like don't advertise it, just let hmm. people come to it. Because I didn't, because I don't know where the revenue is coming from in this uh, project. Well, it's it can't be from ads because it's too short to justify advertisement. I mean, you could do a 50, one at the 15 minute mark. or Yeah, or like a pre-roll or whatever. Yeah, easily. I, it might just be I, like a... Th- if you think of it as like a 30 minute trailer yeah. for the episode that that character appears in on Arrow cuz she appears in season 4 of Arrow the, right. the voice actor oh i forget her name Skyler, do you know Megalyn Echikanwoke Echikanwoke uh, something like that uh but she that actress does reprise her role in the live action form in the season 4 of Arrow and i'm like why don't you put that like at the end of the series if somebody watches the whole season it's like see more of this character on Arrow Arrow airs Wednesday know, nights Wednesday at whatever p.m. Yeah exactly it's all it takes um and so that's why i'm asking cuz they've already pulled out a season 2 of Vixen, and they're pulling up a season... You mean, like, an episode two, basically. <laughs> yeah, and they're pulling up a season one of Constantine. I I did enjoy season one of Vixen more than any DC animated movie we've seen. N- any of them? Yeah, I think so. At Batman Under the Red Hood? <laughs> Just so we got in Monsters? Oh, you weren't talking didn't, about that show. I didn't see that one. Yeah, I think more than any of them. Oh. And part of that is because it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's short. It's it is true. It it exists. It's fine for what it is. It's an origin story. It moves along nicely. It's got a nice. It's an origin story of a character I'm not already familiar with. Yeah, I don't want to fucking see another Wolverine, <laughs> Spider Man, <laughs> either of those origin stories. None. I'm done. Of, yep. Absolutely. So I just that's why I ask because I I know I really like this and I really like the idea of more of this is just like a new method to sort of continue expanding their universe because they've expanded the shit out of the Arrowverse. It's crazy. They've got four shows now, and now they're adding micro-series as well. 
into this, and then those micro series are continuous. So therefore, those micro series characters that they introduce have a potential of showing up in live action form. It just seems uh, extremely creative and innovative. Like I've never seen. It's just something to ki- get the kids really immersed in your product. I guess is to just like, well, I'm going to the CW all the time because I want to see all this Arrow stuff, all this Flash stuff, all this Supergirl stuff, all this Legends of Tomorrow stuff, and then they all cross over. If there's like. If the micro series exists as here's a spot where all these characters cross over, like it's called Vixen, it's called Constantine, but really it's just like those characters plus tons of cameos, mm-hmm. then I think that's a healthy medium because then you have like a lot of kids who, because you can't afford to put all those actors on the same show all the time. <laughs> um, you can't afford to have Flash Arrow crossovers all the time, even though those are definitively the best episodes of each season. Um, so when you do crossovers like this, the scripts are still written really well, where the, the funny witty stuff still exists. Um, everything they say is like still hilarious in my eyes when they interact with each other. Some things fall flat, but a lot of things sort of push through the terrible acting. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I got. Accurate. Um, for first opinions, at least we can move right on to comic books. And of course, since it's such a small series, uh, I can tell you right now that there's only one character we're going to talk about. Is it what? the one that the show's named after? Yes. Nine Tails? <laughs> Nine Tails. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, it is because. Um, it's Nine Tails. It's Nine Tails. Uh, because all the other characters that you might think are comic book characters, such as her foster dad, Flynn. Is that his name? I forget the foster dad's name already, too. I need to have this stuff in front of me. Um, and I think her, her sister's name is Masua, um, as well as that uh, black doctor with three PhDs. When we were watching it in Austin, was was stopped by and watched it with us for a bit, and she went, um, <laughs> uh, I have three PhDs, so let me be the judge if it's stupid. And she's like, whoa, <laughs> mansplaining. <laughs> Jesus. He he did start to mansplain a little bit. Wrote defensive much? Oh, I was just like, that's just a funny thing to say. Uh, But anyway, yes, all those characters are created uniquely for the show um, and don't... (sighs) Vixen's origin. Let's talk about her actual comic book origin. Action Comics 521 in 1981, Jerry Conway and Bob Oxner. O-K-S-N-E-R, Oxner. 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 Should be an X, right? K-S sound? Oxner. Anyway. uh, Internationally, intentionally made to be the first African-American female DC character with her own series in 1978. Uh, That was the plan. But due to the DC implosion, it was canceled. She didn't get her own solo series until 2008. 2008. All right? And I I literally searched, is that the first African-American female solo series with a title, title character? And I wasn't able to find anybody else with something sooner. And I looked at, like, Bumblebee, Amanda Waller, and then there's also, uh, who am I missing that's kind of famous? Anissa Pierce, like Thunder. That's pretty much it. Bumblebee would be the only one. Rocket, 
possibly. Rockets, who I'm missing. Rocket and Bumblebee <laughs> would be the only two contenders. Maybe Amanda Waller. She wouldn't really get her own series, though. It would be called Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> born in a small village in the fictional African city Zambezi, Mari McCabe was raised by her birth parents until her mother was murdered by poachers and her father was killed by his brother, her uncle, in order to steal possession of the powerful Tantu Totem. Mari then moved to America and gained wealth becoming a model in New York City before returning to Africa to take back the Tantu Totem and use its powers to become the costume vigilante Vixen. The Tantu Totem only works with those who use its powers to protect the innocent, as was the creator's intention uh, when requesting it that it be imbued with the powers of the animal kingdom from the spider trickster god Anansi, as we sort of saw explained in the series. Vixen was almost immediately recruited by the Justice League as her career jumping between the various iterations of the team began. Also, a limited stint on the Suicide Squad, where she developed a romantic relationship with the team's leader, Bronze Tiger. Then back to the Justice League for a bit. Uh, Some adventures with Animal Man, where they literally meet the spider god Anansi, also the storytelling god, so therefore he rewrites their history, updating their continuity, and giving them less of an involvement in the Justice League, because... You know, they had gotten pretty old at that point, and they just sort of needed a freshen up, as the DC Universe tends to do sometimes. Not much involvement when they moved to the New 52, and then when they reset continuity again in DC Rebirth, she is a top-tier fashion designer now, not just a model, who also runs a network of after-school programs for children. The characteristic, that characteristic being the entry point for her vigilante adventures, helping out the family members of the children who participate in her programs, who get into, like, crime trouble and stuff like that. Always supervillain trouble. Always. Um, <laughs> she's not really based in Detroit, as her new TV series would have you believe. She didn't have an involved foster dad, and certainly no crazy sister, uh, warlord sister. And that is Vixen. Do we have questions about the Vixen lineup? No? I, feel I right. just, uh, before this, my only exposure to the character was in Justice League Unlimited, where she was j- dating Jon Stewart after everything went sideways and star-crossed, and it was just so upsetting. <laughs> it's like, this is not okay. Also, to team up. It's gotta the, be Hawk Girl. The, uh, one of the three black male characters with the only black female character yeah in justice league limited so i don't know that's fine um and well they did have a comic book that expanded on that universe a bit uh and the shadow thief if you remember that villain from justice league unlimited he actually killed vixen in that continuity and that anger drove John over the edge, and he murdered Shadow Thief in retaliation because he was just about to propose to Mari. And then um, that's what led to him uh, sh- uh, shacking back up with Hot Girl and hence giving uh, birth to their son, who turned into the vigilante Warhawk, who is in the Batman Beyond universe. That's right. Ta da! He's part of the Justice League of the Batman Beyond future. Where there's Green Lantern, Cairo, Aqua Girl, 
a, like Big Barda's daughter, like Mr. Miracle and Big Barda had a kid, and then Superman is still around. <laughs> he's still, <laughs> he's still leader of, of the Justice League. Uh, that's all I got for comic books. We can move right on into music. Um, for which <laughs> this segment will be probably even shorter. Uh, music for Vixen is done by Arrowzone Blake Neely, as well as what's his name? Good. There's a second guy, and it is Nathaniel Bloom, who also works on Arrow, The Flash, the whole DC universe. So, way to go there, yay! Um, Sir, you have what, to call it the Arrowverse. The DC universe is something completely different. Careful now. We must oh, be cautious. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> we can't cross the timelines. Oh, no. Barry, don't go back in time. It's too dangerous. S- even though he fixes every single problem every time he goes back in time, except for saving his mother. <laughs> except for the yeah, that, one. Except for the one. Except for that one. <laughs> Um, I have one clip today. It is the theme for uh, this show, and so it stays pretty comparatively in line with how long the show goes. Oh yeah, it's about a hundred percent or one percent of it. Exactly, it's actually one sixtieth. Um, and this will be of it. It's one sixtieth. Shit. Thirty seconds of thirty minutes is one sixtieth. It is. There's sixty seconds per minute. <laughs> okay, percent means. Per 100. If you timed 30 by 60, you would get 30 minutes? Yes, you would get the number of seconds in 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Cool. Thanks, math guy. All right, here's the, here's the, here's the thing. I'll be quiet. That's it. Look at that. Dang. That was, uh, wow, that was over in a flash. Short and sweet. Well, I mean, it's kind of jungly. There's really skeletal elements of it, you know, the whole horn sound in the back and then it, it is, some kind of quote-unquote jungle rhythm. It is definitively Blake Neely. Yes, it, I was going to say, for it's probably about one-tenth a uh, jungle sound and nine ten Blake Neely arrow sound. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, there, like there's parts of the soundtrack for this that are straight up ripped off from Arrow and well, Flash. It's, it's not ripped off. It's when the Arrow and the Flash show up that they play their songs sure. in the background of the conflict. I would, I would, I would say that's ripping off. <laughs> it's 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 keeping in thematic tone. With the character of thematic consistency, yeah, and that's okay because Blake Neely made those songs too, and it's just giving him less work to do because <laughs> he's really already is. writing music for like five TV shows now. God damn! So like, give that so guy a little bit TV less shows. to do. It's okay. Yeah. No, it's 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 pretty. I don't want to say one note, but let's just say one note. It's. I mean, there are musical moments throughout it. Um, the music doesn't really stop. Uh, and it, even for 30 minutes worth, it still keeps the drive. The I never got bored during this entire 30 minutes. I'll just say that, uh, which I think is good. 
uh, considering that you could have an easy spatch of points in this show that were just ugh. So you want to call it a movie? It's kind of a movie. It's an <laughs> oh good, they're having coffee around the table again. Oh, I like those moments because it's just like they never say her foster mom was named Kim when they say like Kim always liked that about you. Like you figure it out instantly. They don't treat you like a dummy. Like, yeah. Remember your foster mom, Kim? Why do you call her that, foster dad? <laughs> <laughs> That's straight up tripping. Yeah. So, any no more music, sir? We're done. Okay, let's cruise to science. We have one science topic. Sure. And that's cheetahs. Cheetahs. They're the best animal. They're like big cats. Yeah. They well, literally are big cats. They are big cats. They can run really fast. They're really skinny. So Vixen can like take animal powers. Yes. And so she takes the power of a cheetah and she runs really fast. A lot. She does yeah. that a lot. It's her favorite thing to do. Cheetah and like rhino slash elephant are her top three. I would say those are the top three animals. To pull from? No, just ever. Oh, I disagree, but continue. Oh, what are your top three? Uh, triops, kangaroos, and white-tailed deer. <laughs> Zero for three. <laughs> <laughs> like, negative one for three. White-tailed deer? Are you fucking kidding me? I was just trying to think of three animals off the top of my head. Uh. If I actually took time to think about it, that joke would have landed a lot less well. <laughs> so... Cheetahs go fast. They can they can run up to seventy miles an hour. Damn, that's really fast. That is so fast. That's like, you're down a highway and a cheetah is keeping up with you. For how long do you think they can keep up with you though? Because like like most animals can run like can run faster than a human, but they can only do it for a short amount of time. So how long do you think a cheetah actually stays at? 70 miles an hour when it's hunting. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to do it that long, but, like, what's the max you think? Yeah, what's the do? longest a cheetah could run at top speed? Uh, like, four minutes? Less. Three minutes? Less. Two minutes? Less. One minute? Less. 59 seconds? Less. Uh, one... 40 seconds. One, uh, hold on, hold on. One sixtieth of 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's close enough. That's close enough. <laughs> Um, thirty to forty seconds. Okay, they can they can run at full speed and then they start to overheat and die. Whoa, not die, but like damn, get get overheated and fatigued. Okay, um, so she turns into a cheetah. If she actually could run as fast as a cheetah, she could keep her top speed for about you know less than a minute. Okay, but let's assume that she's gathering like the power of a bunch of cheetahs. Sure, yeah. So then, a, a, like a pack of cheetahs that are like lined up one after the other. <laughs> yeah, like used her power, <laughs> like like power. a baton pass, and then kind like, of thing. Yeah, and then they refresh, and then she can pick up the <laughs> yeah, last one. Exactly. So she's sort of stealing that power. <laughs> she has the power of every cheetah that's <laughs> currently alive, <laughs> which is about like eighty. <laughs> Um, and she comes with a hundred <laughs> cheetah power. Hundred <laughs> cheetah power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she never takes any of like the lame animals, like horses or anything. Yeah, or like white-tailed deer. Like, <laughs> I don't get it because like she takes the power of like a gorilla and gets ninja powers. Well, or she, some, like, there's a part where she has like badass ninja skills. Well, she takes the reflexes of a cat and starts jumping all over the place. Everyone knows cats don't have ninja powers. It's turtles. Turtles? Yeah. Oh <laughs> god, damn it! <laughs> hey, but anyway, you had a, you, did you have a question about cheetahs again? 
Well, you know, because she used that power to run up a building. Oh, that's right. And so we were going to see again. Um, we're gonna... We talked about it on Flash Season 1. Yes. But, like, could the speed of a cheetah run straight up a building? No. Okay. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. We're going to revisit running up the side of a building because this is important. <laughs> but when, when you're running up the side of a building... Right, your your feet are pushing off the ground when you're running normally. Yes. So if you're going to run up the side of a building the way you'd run normally, your feet would be pushing off the side of the building. And gravity is But then gravity would pull you down, not towards the building. So the only way to jump, well, I just gave it away. The only way to run up a building is to actually just jump over it and make it look like your feet are pushing against it. Or to like, yeah, have footholds that allow you to just do, 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 do. Yeah, so you have to be going, you have to be going fast enough that you can just jump over the building to begin with, mm-hmm. or hopping ledge to ledge. Right, which is you're not different running. from running up it. <laughs> yeah, so See, gravity doesn't work like that. So even if you're running as fast as a cheetah, you can't you can't jump over the because it would take. It takes it would take a just a tremendous amount of force that you'd have to indent your foot into the building every time to keep up. Oh yeah, up. I feel like if you're like pushing into the building so hard that you build your own foothold. Yes, like that's <laughs> that amount of force. Your your foot would break first. Oh okay. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Like, uh, let let's see you kick a hole in the wall right now, <laughs> and then do that over and over. If I was a superhero at seventy miles an hour, yeah. If I was a superhero and I sure. could take that punishment, but you took the you took the, you took a cheetah power, man. Your foot's gonna break. Cheetah bones aren't that strong. <laughs> Fair enough. So okay, so that yeah, it doesn't work. That and does that doesn't even work for the Flash either. Unfortunately, well, he's going fast enough. He can just jump, jump over the building. I guess so. Okay, yeah. and then also to talk about Vixen, and she is pulling from the tremendously wrong side of the animal spectrum. Oh, yeah, mammals suck. Yeah, they do. <laughs> like, if if she is pulling off just, like, regular body mass... If she wants to get over that building, she should turn into a flea. Yeah. No, 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 because we're talking, like, if she has to imbue with the power of an elephant, right? Like, the actual raw power of an elephant, that's the way to go. But if she wants to imbue herself with power that is proportionate to her body size, right? Think of it that way. Then it's the Hercules beetle all day. Because mm. that is the strongest animal in the animal kingdom. Or insect, I suppose. Yeah. Strongest creature in the animal kingdom. Because of how much it can lift proportionally to how much it actually weighs. Yeah. So if you can imbue yourself with that amount of ability... There's where you want to go. Same thing with the flea. The flea. You want it that can jump so many thousands of times higher than its actual height. Yeah. If you and want to get to the top of a building, you don't run up the side. You turn into a flea and jump over it. Yeah. Have you ever seen Most Extreme on yeah. Animal Planet? Remember that? Oh, hell yeah. And they would just like relate. Back in the, the green, early 2000s. Yeah. And yep. there was like the green and like uh, Datatron uh, examples that they used. Mm-hmm. So they had like a flea and they had a flea jump, right? And like that's like how high a flea and could it's like, jump. Oh, it gets like a few inches off the ground. Yeah. And then they like measured that <laughs> proportionally to its actual height of a few like millimeters, if mm-hmm. a millimeter even. Yeah. I, they might even be smaller than that. And like if you Damn. could jump. The equivalent of your of like a of a flea at your body mass, you would be able to jump over. It was like three Statue of Liberties. Yeah, it was like that's how high you could jump or something. It was crazy, and like the same thing with like a uh, with a Hercules beetle is that you'd be able to lift like a fucking giant boulder. 
Right. <laughs> so yes, get on with the you, insects. You could be a, a mantis shrimp. Yes, which have See a has bunch of like, different shit. Well, and like a punch so fast that it can boil water. Oh yeah, that's right. And you just bam and <laughs> burn people alive because your punch is so hard. Or uh, or like the re- don't pick the reflexes of a cat. The reflexes of a fly. Oh hell yeah yeah! Like, I can Doof. I can bop my cat on the head over and over again. <laughs> I, <laughs> And I can I can get flies most of the time, but like a common house fly, they get away from me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, unless anybody has more to say, that's Vixen, right? That's Vixen, season one. Yeah, there we go. Well, we finished a little early, um, so let's just dip into a different subject since we have time. Of something Ben really wanted to do, I've been dying. To do the Bionicle movie. The Bionicle Mask of Light. The first one. The first Bionicle movie. And I'm like, Ben, I'm not going to do a whole fucking episode on the Bionicle Mask of Light. Just because you want it. But then we watched it today. And and I told you that there were actual comic books made of it, so we totally should do it. Because it's a comic book movie. They're like magazine comic books. So... Even though they were published by DC. So, okay, so... For those of you, you know, who did not, you know, were not born in 1992. All right, let's get, yeah, let's get so, into this. Um, in the late 90s, Lego was in dire straits financially. Okay. They had too many sets that weren't pulling in enough money. So like, okay, we need to find a new thing that we can just sell a shitload of and get back on our feet. And so they developed a, toy, a new toy line called Lego Bionicle. And they were these like robots. Yeah, hero things that had sort with, of a Hawaiian like, like base, a, like a Hawaiian Easter Island kind of flavor and lore to them. And they all they dealed with the six elements or like yep. six different elephants. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> not the six elephants. We, we took it down elements. to like three and a half elements. <laughs> yeah, when we were watching today, <laughs> because it's it's fire, um, air, which are definitively their own two. Yep, and, and then, then you get water, water. and ice. Which are the same thing. Yeah, two different ones, though. Water <laughs> yeah. and ice. And then you have stone and earth. Which are the same <laughs> thing. Same. So, um, but they were, they were like these they were like these cool, like, Lego action figure robot things. And they were just, like, fun to play with. Yeah. And the reason it's a comic book movie is because, like, Lego had their, um, like, the Lego fan club magazine. Mm-hmm. And... When the Bionicle toy line came out with the magazine, they packaged like a 20-page Bionicle comic book with it that had just like the, you know, the Bionicle toys like doing their their story. And there's actually, I guess, like a shitload of lore there that you would never suspect. There's a shitload of lore. There's so much. <laughs> Let's take a look. I'm just trying to look at all of like how many issues of this was published. And it looks... Like it was available in the Lego Club magazine uh, from 2001 to 2010. It's less impressive than it sounds because the, the magazine only came out. There were only six issues a year. Yeah. Uh, so every other yeah. month. Um, yeah. And then Greg uh, Farshley did all of the books. He did all of them. Even when they moved to Toa Nuva, when they moved to Toa Metra, when they did a yeah, whole new so- to- toy line, they kept, he was oh, the man. whole time. Yeah. So every year they would have like a new iteration on the Bionicle 
thing, but it was always like the six heroes, mm-hmm. and then there'd be like some other monsters and yeah. little other guys. And so every book either introduced a new monster or a new bionicle set. Mm-hmm. That was the the gist behind it because the plot lines move super fast. <laughs> I read a few of these because they're all free online. The Biomedia oh, yeah, Project. You, <laughs> yeah, you can find them all. They're they're fun. They're they're kind of fun if you're interested in Bionicle. If you have a little bit of nostalgia with it, it's definitely worth a little just glance at to see how far the lore got away from you because <laughs> it kept going. So in Bionicle Mask of Light, like Takawa, what Takawa, Takua, Takua, yeah, because they all have Hawaiian names. Takua and Jala. Yep. are like, they find this ancient Kanoe mask. Loving all this l- jargon, aren't you, right now? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. We forgot to mention that. All of the, the all of the like, Bionicle heroes are called Toa, and yes. they all have these masks that give them special powers. Yes. And that's really I was going to say, they had some sweet masks. And, and the most powerful one is the Mask of Light, which mm. they made a whole movie about. Yes. Um, and uh. <laughs> I loved this movie as a child. I watched this movie over and over and over again because I was such a fan of Bionicles. You, where you read the comic books, I read the novels, where yes. it's basically the same stories but in novel form, like for like children's books. Um, and I would just check those out of the library and read them. Um, it, Bionicle became like this multimedia empire. Yeah, like they had for comic a short books, they of had time. toys, they had board games, they had video games. They uh they had these movies. They peaked, yeah. They peaked in about like 2004 with the Toa Nuva line. Yep. I want to say the Toa Nuva line was like their best line. Yeah, Bionicle Mask of Light came out in 2003 mm-hmm. with a budget of three and a half million dollars. Wow, direct to video, direct to video. Wow, and you know what? That animation still holds up surprisingly for the most part for the most part when they when they lose their render rate for some <laughs> yeah and, at weird points <laughs> like it it's chugging along like most movies at 24 frames a second yeah but at weird points it will just like move at like 10 frames a second <laughs> like like they're like oh no like, we're, we're out of money we're out of time let's just render every other frame <laughs> No one will notice. And that's I think they were trying to artistically do slow motion and they like that's the best they could do. But it just looks like they Instead of making more frames, they used less to create the illusion of slow motion. Yeah. It Ugh. So there there's some some little like animation things that just make you go like what is happening? And the ending is absolutely nondescript. Oh, it's don't try to following the plot of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he uh, they find okay they have the mask of light and the mask like shines in a certain direction which you could have fooled me <laughs> it's supposed to point the way towards like the legendary seventh toa yeah except when the characters are like using it as a map it shines the same brightness <laughs> just in whatever direction they're pointing it so it's, it's like, like oh we have to follow where the mask is pointing us and it's like no <laughs> You stupid. <laughs> you stupid little shit. It's going to point whichever direction. It's just taking you in a straight line. Also, yeah. Also, it ends up being Takua t- t- the whole time. Yeah. And he was with Jala, who was using the mask, the whole time. But it it's, it's never like, hmm, whenever I point at you, it glows. Whenever I point away, maybe you're the seventh. Th- yeah. And it, then- it's like, oh, we got to go, like... You gotta go in a beeline straight through the island. Yeah, and then they find the temple of Makuta, pretty much. The temple of Matanui. Yeah. Matanui is the island that they live on and the name of their god. 
Um, it gets confusing. Yes. And then, and then there's, there's Makuta, who's his brother, is the who's evil. evil. He's the evil god. Um, but also, like, physical. Matanui is not physical. <laughs> Matanui is a spirit. <laughs> Trying to describe this to someone who's never seen it just makes us sound just totally, <laughs> totally insane. Accurate. Yeah. Uh, are you not a Bionicle guy, Skyler? What is your take on this? No, I had the original toys. They were sweet. Like, you had the original you know, toys. They had the sweet little masks and, like, the actions they all did. One of them threw, like, a boulder or something, and it was cool. Oh, hell yeah. Pohatu. Pohatu definitely did yeah. that. That's right. And even before that, they were like, I feel like the progenitor to this one was like, they had the bike vehicles that. Throwbots. Um, yeah. Throwbots. They were like these little robot car things with an arm that would throw a disc. It was like, it was like the third generation of Bionicle with oh. the disc launchers. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was like after Toa Metra. Or yes. was it Toa Metra? It was. It, it was, was Toa, Toa Metra. Metra. Yeah. Metra Nui. Okay. Which is Matanui, but it's, it's a, a different futuristic island. city. No, island. it's a different island, and it's not futuristic. It's the past. But also the future. Mm. A long time ago in Vaxi, far, far away, but also everyone speaks okay. English, and it's the future. Well, I won't lie. I didn't, I didn't go past the Toa Metro line, okay? Because, like, the Toa Nuva do the thing where they find the seven Toa. They find the Mask of Light guy. And then their elders are like, whoa, good job. You found this new island. Like, good thing re- you vanquished evil, evil forever. Yeah, and then you rediscovered this other giant island that we'd never seen before. Is That's like somehow that's, defeating the evil discovered this island. Yeah. Okay? And they're like, well, what do you know about this island? Because you're so old. And they're like, that's where we grew up because we used to be Toa as well. They're like, what? <laughs> And then they introduce the Toa Metro. But that's not in the movie. No. The movie just ends with them like, finding the island. But it never tells it you that. It doesn't tell you that. And it doesn't show the you the new island. It's just like this beam of light launches across the ocean yep. and then lights up. And then you're like. A landmass. And what? you go, what? <laughs> what? And then it zooms out. Up into the sky. And then you're like, oh, the, the island makes like the Bionicle logo. Yeah. How clever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this movie's kind of bad, but it's entertaining. It's fun. I think it's, you know, it's a good kids movie. Um there's a lot of like there's a lot like you can get a kid really interested in something if you get them interested in like world building, a lore, stuff like that. You know, cuz like I when I literal world building. Yeah, cuz like when I when I loved about Bionicle is that I couldn't like I couldn't stop getting more information on it. Um, I couldn't stop reading. If I stopped, uh, there were so many books about it, and they kept making more of them. Um, and that's sort of like the same thing with like Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Or like comic book heroes. So, uh, comic book heroes are a bit too convoluted. Like there's no – and because uh, Bionicle <laughs> was geared at children. Children could understand it, but it was also very, very uh, intellectual because you had to learn a lot of words. Mm-hmm. You had to learn a lot of comprehensive words that were, um, and that were had a Hawaiian sort of background. So yeah, you had Toa, uh, Koli, um, Makuta. Like mm-hmm. they were all phonetically written. That's the weird thing because Hawaii has a lower alphabet, so they they do a lot more with phonetics, the the sounds. <laughs> so that actually helps kids, I think, learn at a faster rate. Is when these tough nonsense words is what they are yeah. are literally spelt in the way that they should be sounded out. So, you, so you learn the you learn how to say the words, but you also like learn what they mean. 
Kind and that gives you that kind of gives you skills to decode more complex like actual words. Yeah, because you say in the movie they say hold your rahi, and for the longest time as a kid I was like, what is a rahi? What does that mean? I know the phrase hold your horses, and then you learn that rahi like literally means animal, so he is saying hold your horses. Yeah. So like you're sort of uh, like when you're, they're making up words that are synonymous to real words, and it's really pushing your ability to con like use context clues. <laughs> If you show this movie to like if you have kids that are like struggling to read and they're in like kindergarten. I mean, uh, <laughs> if they have the toys, they got to have the oh, toys. Yeah. They're not going to have an interest if they don't have the toys. Yeah. At, yeah. If that thing at that point it's just another superhero thing. The toys are cool and then you pick up the comic book and you're like I want to read more. Yeah, because with the when you have the toys, now you have the ability to make your own world, to make up your own stories, which is like what I did with my Bionicles. Is is like they would have special visions and they would go on special missions across the island and stuff like that. Well, they, they'd have to they'd have to fight the other Lego sets. Exactly. <laughs> yes, they'd have to fight the Bull Rock and the Rockshi and like the the police station. Yes, <laughs> like the the, the, 19, the Star Wars ship, like the 19, 1988 giant police academy building that your older brother has. Yeah, uh... <laughs> and Lego Batman and Lego Batman and yes, I had Lego Star Wars stuff. That was my. My Lego sets, um, but yeah, we were we're talking about Skyward. Feel free to pull up some music from Bionicle Mask of Light if you would if you would like to. Uh, be so kind. Yeah, be so kind because the soundtrack's also quite good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, because this movie is uh, this, despite being a kids' movie, despite being from two thousand three, despite being. Low budget direct to video. This film does not come close to like our bottom ten of movies we've talked about on this show. It's not even in the bottom third. No, it, like, it definitely middles out. On on a list of movies I would rewatch, Mask this is on one. it. Yeah, it's got rewatchability. So, uh, just did I really wanted to follow past what happens to the Toa Metra? Because the Toa Metra are the old people who were Toa, mm-hmm. and then uh, they do more movies. I don't know how many more movies. Th- I think there's a total of four, three, three or four movies. Let me look this up. Um, but there's Bionicle Mask of Light, and then the, the next year they came out with Bionicle 2, um, Legends of Metra Nui. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> sure. And then they came out with Bionicle 3, Web of Shadows. What? Yep. Um, which was that? <laughs> That's the, a Spider-Man game. The, yeah, the following year as well, 2005. And I don't know what this one's based on. Um, it looks like they took the Toa Metra and gave them body armor. So Toa Metra Nova. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nuva. Toa Metra Nuva. Let's see, you got it. And yep. then it wasn't until I see f- three years later. There's something called Bionicle: The Final Battle. Um. Oh, Bionicle the Final Battle animation. Oh, that's YouTube? I don't know what this is. It doesn't look like... It's a short film. So, oh, it's three minutes. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. And then in 2009, there is Bionicle the Legend Reborn. 2009? 2009. I guess they canceled the line in 2010. And then rebooted in 2014 or 15, but no one gave a shit. About new Bionicles? (laughs) Yeah, because, like, honestly... After like 2000, well, shortly after the movie came out is when it kind of started going downhill. Uh, Well, I think it peaked in 2004. Yes. 
I must say, I'm getting a very Friday the 13th vibe from this poster, um, a mask of light. <laughs> this big old hockey mask looking thing in the background. Uh-huh. Oh, just hearing in my brain. That reminds me of something dumb. Like the big the big final showdown between the legendary seventh Toa and the great evil spirit Makuta is literally they just play lacrosse. <laughs> I'm not I'm not joking. Well, because uh Takawa is so Takua is so bad at lacrosse in the beginning of the movie that of course that's going to be a plot point at the end of the film when the big evil spirit says Perhaps a game of Coley, which is their lacrosse. It's lacrosse. Um, and, but like with three teams instead of two, which makes it really unfair to one team who sucks because you're just going to target that also, goalie. There's only two people on each team. There's a goalie and a shooter. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> that goalie does a lot of work. <laughs> so you're either the good goalie that doesn't do any work or the bad goalie that gets shit rocked. <laughs> that is your only uh, two options. Yeah. Um. So, but Makuta's like, let's play Coley. And all it is is like, he's these giant metal balls come out of the ground and they're just bombs. There's no yeah, goals. It, they just chuck them at each other. Except it's like, there's no rhyme or reason to when they explode and when they don't. When they hit hit contact, I think. Yeah, but like, shouldn't explode when it when it like hits his. No, it magnetizes when it hits their sticks. Oh, because they have special sticks for Coley. Okay. Because remember okay. when he when he okay. turned into Takanuva, he his stick also evolved into a scythe weapon. That's right. That's also a Coley stick. Yes, conveniently. <laughs> or I'm sorry, the game of Coley that they were playing. Um, I suppose you don't have science about this, and we no, it's <laughs> we did um, we did talk comics, um, and I just started reading all the plot of Bionicle: The Legend Reborn, and it is convoluted. Michael Dorn shows up on this as a voice actor, though, as the voice of Matanui. Um, what? Yeah, Worf. Shows yeah. up as Matanui. The the voice actors from the original movie, like we did not recognize <laughs> any of their names, but no. then we looked them up and they're like, oh, they've been in every cartoon we watched as kids. <laughs> yes, we're like, man, these voices are pretty familiar. <laughs> oh, that's Cell from Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy was in Beast Wars. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, that guy, like those kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh, Beast Wars! Like, what a good show! Like all the cartoons that people have a certain age loved in the late 90s mm-hmm. okay <laughs> zoids you... <laughs> a certain age yes zoids uh did you happen to pull up a, a clip at all of music oh yes, you did put it in the science section oh cool that works hey i'll take it let's listen to this uh what do you oh oh just pick a spot i guess or i just have... started off i don't know i've never yeah just... all right let's just listen to yeah, let's, just, let's just listen to a little bit of music of bionicle mask light since we're committing to like two half shows at this point and it's been a while since we've done something like that. So here is the Mask of Light soundtrack clip.
got that nice island vibe. Yeah. I was going to say, those drums are giving me a very Crash Bandicoot kind of feel. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I want to play another quick one, Um, just a minute, uh, because it is recommended to play this in the YouTube comment section. So I'm going to... I wasn't. I wasn't. I thought it was going to be like, ah, oh, crap. But then it swelled into a really. I like. That's like a comparable theme. That's something you don't expect out of a kid's toy. Really, that started out just to like save a company. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, Lego does have a pretty good track record of making uh, films that could just be, you know, blatant product selling and making them pretty good. Oh, this is a seventy-minute ad for Bionicle for sure. Oh yeah. Easily, but oh, I mean, yeah. no it's, shit. it sort of delves into the 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 character development of the different Toa. Yeah, a they, little bit. Everyone has a distinct just, personality. Yeah, um, <laughs> Lee was is the best personality, or Pohatu. Oh god, yeah, because because uh, Taku is the fire, and he is the aggressive leader. Okay, that nobody wants to recognize to be the leader, even though he might be the best at it. Uh, Golly's the the soft and quiet girl. Topaka is the ice guy who's quiet and like he's a quiet. He's a loner. Loner. Yep. Um, uh, Onua is like the bo- uh, brash, bodacious kind of bumbly kind idiot. of wolfish. He, yeah, he do- he makes but, the biggest mistakes. Um, he brings a whole ceiling down at one point. Yeah. Uh, and oh, then Pohatu's wacky. Pohatu's wacky. He's the friendly guy. He's yeah. all about optimism. Um, but like, why can't we all just be friends and brothers and sisters? Uh, and then there's and Liwa, then Liwa <laughs> who is flamboyantly <laughs> flaming gay. <laughs> He's a big queen. If if he is metro nui sexual. <laughs> metro. <laughs> god damn uh because he has some great lines yeah there's one point where he literally scoops up two characters and all you hear is an echoey wind fly (laughs) exactly like that (laughs) so anyway um the music yes for 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 this movie is uh done by nathan first who did the music for the other two bionicle games okay he did the music for 2014's need for speed oh And he did the music also for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation (laughs) 2. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting uh, track record he's got there. He has an interesting filmography. You know what? This was pretty good. Yeah. I liked that that sort of um, that Jungle Island feel. uh, Mm -hmm. 
and you know the drums and then mixed with sort of that mysticism element as well uh and a sense of adventure really yeah and that's what a kid's toy should really uh emphasis on adventure and imagination mm-hmm. and, and driving mom and dad crazy <laughs> maybe not emphasis of giving mom and dad it's like it's like a babysitter go play with your legos and like you could sit and play with your legos for hours did you not because <laughs> i did i built so many things made so many little movies like in my head um oh, all of the things so i think that'll do it today though i think we had a nice wonderful double episode special treat to you listeners this is also our kickoff uh of animation madness that's our instead of march it's march animation madness so all of the month of march we will be doing only animated products uh typically i think next week is supposed to be lego batman Woo! yes and then, Batman. yeah, I think it's mostly Batman stuff too. Unfortunately, because yeah. I'm trying to get a little cut up on the animation stuff, um, and it's like all Batman stuff. It's just all Batman stuff. It's all Batman stuff, and, and just Batman. and Justice League Dark, um, which I'm excited for. I haven't seen it yet, so yay! Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that'll do it today. Super Movie Studies is recorded and produced. If you like. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what you hear be sure to hit us up on itunes while you're there be sure to subscribe also drop a rating as long as it's good and a review Ooh, new episodes come out every monday that's right and then also go check out twitter where things happen usually uh our twitter question of the week would be uh what dc hero do you want to see uh, get the uh, the vixen treatment, as it were, the micro series um, treatment. Oh shit! We never yes, mentioned there. the Bionicle comics are by DC. Yeah, technically. We, yeah, we did say that they okay. are published by DC proper. DC right. did publish yep. them, um, but that's just because they were a publishing house. They went through Lego though. Yeah, you could only di- get you could only get them through the they were the dis- Lego Mania. Yeah, magazine. they were distributed through Lego, not through Diamond. Anyway, Twitter, yes. Twitter Tom, still running it. That challenge is perfect. Micro series, besides Vixen and Constantine, which have their own micro series and therefore um, wouldn't count, I personally would like to see more rogues. Flash rogues. <laughs> Even though they already are in the DC Arrowverse um, and already do have rogues episodes, I would like a whole micro series devoted to them and their crazy antics. And them conflicting with Flash or sometimes, you know, going to different cities and conflicting with other heroes, perhaps. Hmm. I would really like to see that. Right on, right on. I want to see the question. Oh, oh, yeah. The question. Definitely the question. <laughs> Question's a badass. Love the question. Yeah. He was the greatest character in Justice League Unlimited. Greatest character. <laughs> the Aglets. He was, but he got... He got rocked by luthor brainiac yes yes he did uh all right and that's it for the day i hope you enjoyed the episode this week a little unconventional but that's okay thank you all for tuning in have a super week bye 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 martin hmm. wing fly <laughs> wing fly